Hello, welcome to the Emerald Skies podcast. I'm Jess Seely, and we're here to talk all things holistic health, well-being, and spirituality. On my healing journey, I've discovered incredible modalities and practices that have enhanced my life in ways that I really can't put into words. The thing is, they're outside of the mainstream, and that causes apprehension when I share them with others. So this show exists to break down those barriers, because I want you to experience more magic in your life. I have incredible guests who are here to share with us the wisdom from their niche field and help you feel emboldened to try new things on your own path. Take what works, leave what doesn't, keep an open mind, and I hope you find something new calling for you. Hello, everyone. Today, I have Ellie Silan on the show with me, and we're going to speak about ceremonial cacao, which is a topic that is so, so close to my heart. Um, And just a little intro on Ellie. So Ellie is a Reiki master, a certified alchemy singing bowls practitioner, and an Arctuous, I'll have to get her to correct me on that, quantum energy healer. She works with these modalities, energies, and symbols, and within a one-to-one and group capacity. And she's also the ceremonial grade cacao ambassador or guardian for all of Europe. So ceremonial cacao really sits at the front of her day-to-day life. Um, And that's what we're going to be speaking on today. So Ellie leads private and group cacao ceremonies and she weaves in her different practices and modalities um, such as sound healing, study groups and aromatherapy to assist people to live a more conscious life. So with that, welcome to the podcast, Ellie. Oh, thank you so much, Jess. It is such a pleasure to be here. Yay, I'm so excited. People who know me personally will know that cacao is something that's been really close to my heart for three years now. And I think that many of them might think, what's with this girl? What is cacao? So for that reason, I'm super excited to have somebody so reverent and articulate to explain um, this beautiful plant medicine that is a big part of our lives Uh, and I hope that it inspires people to pick up a mug and have a uh, cup and open their hearts. Absolutely. So I would love to start with a little bit of an intro and a snapshot into your life Ellie first. So what does a week look like in the well a day in the life of Ellie Silan and where does your energy uh, go? Yeah, that's such a good question. I love that question because I find um, the bio, like putting yourself into a bio really difficult. So I love the question of where does my energy go and what does my week look like? And of course, it's always changing. But currently, we have moved to Cornwall full time, which is a um, by the sea on the southern west tip of the country. And I had lived in London for 30 six years before that full-time never left pretty much so moving to a radically different landscape has been incredible and the reason we moved to Cornwall is because I have four stepkids who live here so it's a whole new life and my days are very different as you can imagine Um, we're swimming every day although I'm not sure how long that's going to last because today marks the beginning of like a cold autumn and I didn't manage to swim yet. But so, until now, you've been swimming daily, right? Been swimming daily. Which is impressive. Which is it's just amazing because um, it's pretty cold out there. And just, yeah, really, I mean, this sounds very cliche, but truly, truly reconnecting with nature in a way that I never have managed before. Um, living seasonally. I've seen the effects in my physical health. Um, and... As I think I've told you, we, Simon and I, have just bought some land and we intend to create a rewilding project um, and a wildlife reserve and we have all sorts of plans and it's going to be a very interesting next chapter of our lives. But I have, I'm always open, I never know where life is going to go, I never like to have a plan, you know, insofar as a five-year plan or a ten-year plan, so who knows where life will take us. Yeah. I mean, that snapshot of your bio and what you're doing at the moment, anyone who's listening will be like, oh my God, this girl needs to do 10 episodes. I mean, you, (laughs) I just want to preface it with that. Honestly, Ellie, like I learned so much from you in so many different topics and areas of life. And so, yeah, I mean, 
I think that it's really important to honour you for that before we do hone in and talk about our beloved cacao. That's really sweet, Jess. Thank you. Nice. Yeah, I do. Uh, so let's chat chocolate. <laughs> How fun. Yes. It's so delicious. Um, and it's also sacred. So let's dive into why it's sacred. Um, can you explain for me the difference between what um, some people would know as cacao off the shelf and maybe a whole food store and ceremonial grade cacao, which is a drinking chocolate. Mm -hmm. It's a really good question and it's one that gets asked all the time. So firstly, the, the phrase ceremonial grade cacao is not an official qualitative stamp. There's no governing body. It's just a mark that cacao aficionados, I suppose, have, have come to create in order to differentiate between, on the one hand, you have your commercial chocolate on the shelves um, in chocolate bars, and those will typically originate from a hybridized form of the cacao bean. And they, they've got names like CCN51, 51 being the amount of times it's been crossed and hybridized. And then you've got um, like further along the spectrum, you've got the health food shops, which has that, which have their sort of raw cacao powder, which is what most people know. And people say to me sometimes, well, is this, can I use this in my cacao ceremony? Is this a plant medicine? Is this ceremonial grade cacao? And again, the answer is no, because those chocolate powders tend to not use the whole bean. So this will just, it won't have the cacao butter in there. And It'll often be a blend of different beans from various different Central American countries or South American countries. Whereas ceremonial grade cacao is a plant medicine. It's one of Mother Earth's plant medicines. And we use a fully native strain grown in Peru called cacao chuncho. And really my personal recognition of ceremonial grade cacao would be working with a native strain untempered with by man, growing wild. And then the production process is artisanal. We use traditional stone grinding methods. Um, the batches are blessed and we work with reverence with the finished product, which, is, which uses the entire bean, um, including the cacao butter, which is why it's so creamy and delicious. And you're drinking a pure cup of Mother Earth's plant medicine. And that's what we would call ceremonial grade cacao. Yeah. So when you say there's no certification, it's not because we just wanted to invent one, right? It's because mm -hmm. what Mother Earth gives us is so potent. So like, why mess with it? Well, exactly. It's like, it's like an essential oil, which is another type of plant medicine. If you go outside and you find some lavender growing wild and you take that lavender, let's say, and you distilled it, in a beautiful way and you created this really pure essential oil, let's say, or you went to Boots, which is like the English chemist, and you mm -hmm. bought like the cheapest- Like Priceline in Australia. Yeah, like pr Priceline or anything like that. And you buy this bottle of really cheap oil and it's adulterated, which most oils are, um, with synthetic compounds just because it's cheaper. That is not natural. And so it's not from this earth, it's, and it's, it's not a plant medicine. And so that's the difference is, are you working with something pure from the ground that Mother Earth has produced in order for you to access her wisdom? Yeah. Thank you. I love that analogy. I think that that really helps paint a picture um, for those who might be hearing this explanation for the first time. And so when, we, when you say plant medicine, uh, I think some people might jump to conclusions because there are master plant medicines which are very potent and take people on all sorts of journeys. So would you mind uh, articulating, explaining for us what you mean by a plant medicine and yeah. maybe even starting at the basics of um, plants having spirits? Absolutely. So um, this is obviously a huge topic and one that I'm still learning about. Um, so I recognise... Um, that every single plant has a spirit. So every flower, every leaf, um, every tree, every plant has a spirit. And certainly in traditional cultures, this would be like just absolutely built into the way that people interact with mother nature. And you ask permission before you pick a plant 
And if you want to work with, with herbs medicinally, then like the power of intention is recognized to be like a fundamental part of the, of the healing process where you, you communicate with that plant, you learn from that plant, you would go visit that, let's say sage bush every day, like a huge sage bush that might be growing on your land. And you build up a relationship with that sage plant where you, you dedicate time and space every day so that you can learn just like any relationship there needs to be reverence and there needs to be a willingness to learn. And through forging this deep uh, connection and relationship of student teacher with these plant spirits, that's when we're able to truly access a whole new layer of, of wisdom and healing, yeah, healing interaction with these plants. So first and foremost, it's, it's about changing your mindset in the way that you look at mother nature. And that's how you start to understand what plant medicine is. And then there's, there's looking at all the various plant medicines because there's a difference of course, between a daisy and ayahuasca. <laughs> and the difference really is, okay, well, what is the essence of the daisy? Like what's her purpose on this earth? And then what's the essence of ayahuasca? It's just like two human beings who are very different to each other. That's how you have to look at plant medicine. So some of the plant medicines on this earth are here to have a very powerful effect on us and ayahuasca being one of them. Like that is a very intense uh, master plant medicine. Um, and then you have like a whole range of these really powerful um, other plant medicines and it's all about where they grow indigenously. And then you have like, and I don't want to call them the lesser plant medicines because I find every, every plant spirit to be yeah. just as important. But for example, cacao is a heart medicine. So the, the specific blueprint, the specific function of cacao. And I really realized this recently when I didn't drink it for three weeks because I was doing a, a dieta with another plant medicine. And I came back to cacao and I drank a cup and I was flooded with love, just at, like in a way that I never have been before. It was running through my body and it was just so intense and so quick. And I thought, of course, this, this is a reminder of ceremonial cacao or cacao, the spirit of cacao is all about opening the heart. And it's when you start to differentiate between the different functions of the plant medicines and the different qualities that they have, that you start to create a deeper relationship and a deeper understanding with plants in that way. Yes, you articulate that so beautifully. The first time, well, when cacao was new into my life, I remember saying to a few people, oh, every plant has a spirit. And it was the first time I'd kind of gone down that track and I felt so crazy. Uh, and so to receive your words just then, like I am still learning and uh, I think that that's a really beautiful way to, um, to explain yeah. it. Thank you. I completely understand what you mean about it takes um, because we've grown up in the West or most of the world being brought up to be completely separate and disconnected. A hundred percent. Like this was a totally foreign concept to me the first time the words hit me and I fully, my body said, yes, of course. It's like this innate knowing, but my brain was like, what? Exactly. Cause your body is ancient and holds all these ancient codes and, and like Jung would say, there's like a, a two, 10 billion year old person sitting inside of you. Yes. And that person is one and the same. Because if you look at, for example, the Gaia principle, the Gaia paradox or the Gaia theory with, by James Lovelock, which is where the word Gaia popularly came from. I mean, Gaia is, is the Greek goddess, but using Gaia in this way, his theory basically in a nutshell was that there is no difference between anything humans are just one element of Gaia and all the elements of Gaia work together symbiotically and in very specific balances and that Gaia herself is constantly assessing what's going on and rebalancing as necessary mm -hmm. and it's just initially when you read that you just think of course like now it's kind of accepted by large swathes of people yeah it's not it's so obvious that we are just one of her organisms and that she is She's looking down and kind of help, giving a helping hand constantly to shift and move things. And you could even look at climate change as one of her creations in order to gently shift us into new behaviors. Yes. But 
it's it for, for so many traditional communities to regard plants and plant spirits in that way it's just completely normal yes i always say to people just ask your body what how does your body feel and as you said when you first had like heard that terminology your body said yes but your brain said no <laughs> like what how does this compute for everything i've learned or not learned until now yes exactly and can i really tell people you know what are they <laughs> going to think yes <laughs> yes well i really wanted to ask you the story of fly cacao which is the uh brand or the entity that you are the ambassador for mm. however whilst we're talking about gaia rebalancing i think it would flow really well to speak about how quickly cacao has become a part of the Western world over the past two to three years, given that she's a heart medicine and given the huge changes that we're going through, how, what's your take on that? Do you feel like there's a divine intelligence behind what's going on? Yes. I mean, you've just articulated it so beautifully because it is astounding to, to witness how over the last handful of years two three years how cacao has become so mainstream how ceremonial cacao and working with cacao uh, with reverence and in personal ceremony and it's inc i've never seen anything like it and there's no question in my mind or no question in my heart that this particular plant medicine has come to us at this exact time when we are navigating so much difficulty and a lot of the manifestation of that difficulty seems to be happening through public discourse what i mean is that like we're all more connected than ever and there's a lot of conversation happening so we're navigating very difficult sticky uncomfortable topics through conversation and a lot of this conversation unfortunately is happening online and online you know the online space is just so open to misinterpretation and you know we're very disconnected and there's no we can't read each other's body languages and all, all this kind of thing agree, so yes. time is so it is so needed that we learn again that we relearn as a species how to open our hearts hearts first because as we both know or as everybody really knows if you open your heart which is the actually one of the most difficult scary things to do as a human but one of the most natural things to do then you can just navigate the deepest, most sacred, uncomfortable wounds, collective wounds, personal wounds, in the most beautiful way. And the function of Mother Earth is to receive and transmute our collective suffering and to turn it into divine grace. That is what she's there for. And so it's just this incredible, bigger picture happening where she has provided us with a plant medicine that opens our hearts. And it truly does. If you have a cup of cacao, and there's, an, and there's a person opposite you with a cup of cacao and you have a joint intention to connect and to unpick something sticky and you drink it and your hands are shaking because you're a bit nervous because it's really uncomfortable. But you say, okay, well, let's just do this. And you drink it and you start <laughs> talking about something really uncomfortable. It's magic. Well, yes. It's magic. And when you start to look at the fact that all Mother Earth desires for us is to release our suffering to her so that she can just absorb it and transmute it. And then we go through our own transmutation process. It's just, I just can't think of another plant medicine or another entity or another anything that fulfills this function in the beautiful way that cacao does. Guys, it's the perfect package. It's delicious. Who doesn't like chocolate? And you just get to give like your heartaches to earth to transmute. <laughs> Podcast interview finished. No. So well, jumping back to Fly Cacao as the brand that you, what's your preferred terminology for this? I say stewardess um, or guardian. What would you, what do you describe yourself as? Gosh, I mean, yes, humble servant, guardian, grateful partner like anything yeah luckily in the cacao team um headed up by Mackenzie, we there's just no identification with these like generic job titles and yes. this is one of the things i love about mac is that she just invents these beautiful terms so cacao yes, fairy for Europe. because really i see yeah. cacao fairy. 
like my job is just to make make it easier for people across Europe yes. to, to get cacao into their hands. Yes. yes. So let's focus then on this entity, which is K-A-K-A-O, Fly Cacao. Um, I would love for you to share the story of how it came to be, Ellie, and particularly we've touched on two, three years ago, ceremonial cacao was like really not very heard of and now it's quite mainstream. So uh, it's been a really accelerated journey. I'd love you to share how she came to be and also if it weaves in there, how you came to first sit with cacao. Mm, absolutely. So I... Uh this is going to be the first part of this will be Mackenzie's story. So I, in 2016, at the end of 2016, went to an event on the other side of the world. And the last speaker was Mackenzie Musloff, who we probably everybody by now, now knows. And she was actually speaking about how she had just spent the last six months living in a van sleeping on a cooler so like on an ice box <laughs> traveling around america um launching her dessert hummus company delighted by which is now a huge raving success and also and, delicious and also just beyond delicious and heartbreakingly not available in europe i know not necessarily oh. either i message her like every few months i'm like how's it going <laughs> when's it coming <laughs> i know i i tasted it for the first time last year and it was just mind-blowing i just ate yeah. it straight out of the tub yeah so um so so yeah. there she is she's created this incredible um conscious food business and she's you know traveling around living in her van um physically selling it and doing farmers markets and all this kind of thing and she then she was talking about how one of the things that really helped her was that she had with her some ceremonial cacao from Guatemala in a block and that every day she would, you know, chop it up. She would go to the local petrol station or the gas station, get some hot water and like mix it with one of those little spindly spoons and like drink her cacao. And I was like, why would she be doing that thinking? Then she said, reason being that she found it an incredible way to connect into her soul, into her purpose, into her, into her entity, which at the time was the Delighted By Dessert Company. And she began to take divine guidance on every step that she took. So the beginning of the day, she would tune in. She would fully surrender to spirit, to the spirit of cacao, to the spirit of her dessert entity just say what you know where will you have me go what will you have me do what will you have me say and to whom and she said just that act of surrender and tuning in meant that every meeting that she had every interaction that she had she knew she was being divinely guided and she knew that whatever she said was meant to be said and this i remember so clearly was a light bulb because at the time i had a record label which was just energetically so wrapped in fear and it was like a very tricky masculine kind of a an industry and there were so many meetings that I've sat in where I would speak and then I would feel really vulnerable after speaking and so when she said that before every meeting she had she would drink her cacao and she would ask spirit to speak through her and therefore she could completely surrender into that meeting and know that all of her words were divinely guided just felt like the biggest weight off my shoulders I thought, oh my gosh, this woman is incredible. She is connecting her spiritual practice and her business. And that is not something that I had ever seen before. Then she talked about how she was raving to everybody about ceremonial cacao. And everybody was like, yes, yes, I, I'd love to try it. And she's like, okay, cool. So you need to order it from Guatemala. It's probably going to take six months and it's going to arrive in a block. And you're going to need to chop it up every morning. And they were like, okay, no, thanks. That's too much hassle. So she thought, okay, clearly I'm being tapped on the shoulder here by the spirit of cacao and I'm being asked to make ceremonial grade cacao available and accessible for people in the West because it's so needed. So she, on a complete whim, which is typical her, booked a one-way ticket to Guatemala and she just turned up there. She didn't know anyone, she had no contacts, no plan. She just pitched up fully in surrender, fully knowing that she was being guided and she took it from there and her first batch of cacao was available in i think it was january 2017 i was waiting with bated breath meanwhile in the uk i ordered it and from the uk you've got to pay massive whopping customs 
So anything that comes from the US, you have to pay a percentage of the value. So I ended up paying 50 quid at least, I think in customs, which is in Aussie dollars, probably like a hundred dollars. Yeah, it could be even a hundred dollars. Yeah. And I was like, I don't care. Like, <laughs> I mean, I know me. it's not sustainable. <laughs> like I knew it wasn't sustainable, but I was like, I, I just need this medicine. And I remember I had no idea how to use it. I, no one had ever, you know, sat in ceremony with me. And I just yes. took it to my little altar in my bedroom, which crappy little altar, made a cup, drank it and was like, oh my word. And I just remember leaving the house an hour later, walking down the streets of London, literally bouncing. <laughs> smiling you know it was like a music video yes hey you hey hey (laughs) I wish that you could see Ellie's dance moves with her words right now (laughs) hey guys like so uber keen which by the way in London people are really scathing about keenness like like it annoys people to see someone really happy about I didn't care I was just happy and so anyway at that moment, I, so I told everybody about it because I'm just one of those people in life where when I love something, I just share it with everybody. Mm. And I'm also one of those people who um, follows things that feel really good. Mm-hmm. So I got in touch with her. So a few of my friends ordered it and then were like moaning about the customs charge. Mm-hmm. And I could see that it was stopping people from, from experiencing it. So I just got in touch with Mackenzie and I was like, listen, there's a real demand for this here and people are really into it, but the customs charges are completely prohibitive. Like, is there a way that we can work out, you know, maybe you can send it to me in bulk and I can do your shipping here. Yes. I'll just send it out like, you know, as a, as just for the love of it. And so that's what we did initially. And then just over time, we just um, formalized that arrangement and made it more efficient and set up in such a way now that, I can receive that stock officially and yeah. And the demand has just grown and grown and grown. And I've really never seen such a dedicated, loving customer base as the customer base for cacao with a K because there is a lot of cacao now on the market, but I really, I say this, this is not a biased look, a biased comment because I've tried all of it. I always try Mm. on people's cacao and I, I have, huge reverence for all cacao Mm -hmm. and I always like to look at where it's coming from which bean they're using um you know where it's being sourced from and I I we do use a different bean to other cacao companies so far Mm -hmm. and we can talk about that if that's interesting and this particular bean the cacao chuncha is so creamy so delicious so floral it has a completely different taste to other ceremonial cacao and we have a pure uh, we, you can buy it pure or you can buy it in a blend where mm. there's some added ingredients, which is some vanilla, um, a delicious chili powder and some panela, which is a, a natural sugar, mm. um, just a pinch of each. And that blend, the proprietary blend is so popular and that's, it's just gone absolutely crazy. Yes. So that's the story. Thank you. I 100% agree with you. I have tried a number of ceremonial cacao brands here in Australia. So first of all, it's available. Fly Cacao is available now all throughout Europe. We've got an Australia, um, Australian Guardian, so we can ship it from here. It doesn't take as long as it used to from the States. So basically you can access worldwide. Um, And yes, so it's not, again, I'm not biased. I have tried other cacaos and... I just get frustrated because I think, why can't I replicate the taste? It is so creamy mm. because we've had um, out of stock during COVID. Of I've tried a few different ones and really tried mm. so hard to mm-hmm. replicate the taste of your proprietary mm. blend and just can't do it. <laughs> no. And it's the thing is because on the one hand it is, it, I don't know if you've tried just the pure. I have. Yes. So That's a really good um, taste comparison because that's, doesn't even have those added ingredients that's just yes. the cacao and i only tasted that pure really recently like two weeks ago oh really because okay. we, we've not had that in europe until mm. this recent batch uh, recent delivery so i was like okay this is going to be an amazing way to taste just the pure cacao and to compare that to mm. the other ceremonial cacaos that i have in my cupboard and i have a lot yeah and even just pure it is completely different tasting it is there's no bitterness whatsoever 
Mm. And actually last night I had a conversation with Matt, who is our sourcing partner on the ground in Peru. Mm. And, I, I, and we talked about like why some cacaos taste bitter. And he is an absolute expert in everything to do with chocolate, but specifically with like different beans, where they grow natively. Like he's the one who sourced this cacao chuncho and found it in the middle of nowhere in Peru. And he, he just knows everything about why they taste the way they do. And he said that often blends will have, will taste bitter. And oh, so it's been strain. at some point it's, it, it's not completely a native strain. It's been. It's exactly. And, and the, mm. you know, the conversation around what is native strain and how can you prove that yours is, is just a massive topic that we could yes. do have an, hours. We could talk about it, but ultimately, um, the reason that cacao with the K's cacao tastes so delicious is because it's this specific bean that grows natively in Peru mm-hmm. that is very sought after. And even by chocolate makers, Matt told me he for years had heard chocolate makers saying, Oh, that, I mean, ultimately you want to get your hands on the cacao chuncho, but it's basically impossible to find because you have to really travel into the middle of nowhere yes. for hours and hours up mountains in cars uh, you know it's and most people don't make the effort Mm. and matt matt did make the effort because he's so dedicated to to preserving native strains and so he discovered this cacao chuncho and it's that taste that's why it's so delicious is because it's just a beautiful wild growing beautiful wild growing bean out there yes and and then obviously creating this this um, formula of added ingredients which he did along with Mackenzie that's what's just made this divine tasting um, yeah it's it'll blow your mind guys if you haven't had your first cup I'm excited for you mm. <laughs> you've got quite an experience coming I know I agree <laughs> Uh, so I'd love for you to share a little bit more about the artisanal artisanal process. Uh, I think that it's really important to share that fly cacao or cacao with a K have been on the ground. They know the entire process. There's no outsourcing. It's really ceremonial uh, because the frequency infused into this blend uh, is quite magical. So I'd love if you could just share a little bit more about that, Ellie. Mm, that's a really good question. Um, so I agree with you that the vibration of any product depends so much on the supply chain. And that's whether it's a table, whether it's a food, whether it's a, an essential oil, you really want to get in the habit of looking at the supply chain of whatever product it is that you're buying, because every single person involved is going to have an effect and, and some of that energy is going to be embedded into that. I truly believe that. Yes, so that's, that's right. Yeah, and you can feel that when you drink this cacao because it again, like we've talked about the taste a lot, but um, vibrationally, if you just sit with any ceremonial cacao and you just become still and you meditate and you tune in, you'll you'll notice they all feel very different. And you and I have talked about this before about how the energy of this cacao is just so beautiful and so powerful and so different, and it really is. A lot yes. of people say yeah. they always come back to this because it feels so um, royal and like gentle and beautiful and pure. And that has so much to do, I think, with the supply chain. And, and that's so right from the, from the beginning. So I've mentioned Matt. Matt is a crucial part of this. He's the most amazing guy. Um, you can see a photo of him on the uh, Instagram page, which we'll talk about at the yes. end. Oh, he's just the most beautiful guy because he really has. He's Peruvian American and he used to work in the corporate world. And then one day he was like, I, I need to do more. I need to you know, impact my, my home country more positively. So he went back to Peru and he spent years traveling around Peru to the highest mountains, down into the jungle, the, base, the Amazonian basin. And just he's really interested in the cuisine of Peru. And so he was just looking for like how, you know, what's my purpose here? And he's just ended up um, putting together, like spending years creating relationships relationships of trust with the smallholders there, which is not easy because they've been screwed over so many times. And he really worked hard to, to create these relationships of trust. 
and he discovered this native strain, the chuncho, the cacao chuncho, and he's put together this incredible collective, this incredible team. And, you know, he, last night I was talking to him and he was telling me how when you pick the cacao pod, which has the beans inside and that you separate the beans from the pulp and you put it into a bucket, let's say, you have less than 40 hours, less than 40 hour window before you need to get that, the pulp and the beans into fermentation. So like it really needs to be a very carefully curated process. And so most places will just use like a common massive fermentation center, which inevitably what ends up is all the beans are mixed up and you end up with a blend. It's like a butcher. It's the same thing with a butcher is that you have to be careful where you buy your organic meat from, because if you bring your organic, let's say that you're a farmer, you bring your organic meat to a massive process, a butcher. How do you know that it's your meat that's being coming back to you? This is something that I'm discovering from the farming world. So it's the same thing. It's really important to look at the supply chain. And Matt is very transparent and Cacao as a company is very transparent about their supply chain, which I love because usually you don't find out so much information. So anyway, then the cacao is, um, you know, once it's gone through its fermentation process and then like it's, the shells are cracked open, then um, Matt, they, those guys on the ground, they use stone grinders. And this is where the art, the word artisanal first like came like to me, it was like, this is classic definition of artisanal is they're using stone grinders, which as far as I know, that method is not used anywhere else. I could easily. Yeah. Go. I was going to say, where else are you eating or drinking something that they've. <laughs> I don't, grounded, I know? don't know. Stone ground. And that is like a traditional way of processing cacao. And then, um, and then the reason it's in a powder, this is really important to flag up because a lot of people say, well, why is your cacao in a powder? Whereas other people's are in a block. Does that mean that it's not ceremonial grade? People have said this and the answer is no, not at all. It is in a block, but we process it very briefly into a powder so that you can be bothered mm -hmm. <laughs> to make it a part of your daily routine. Because this goes back to when Mac was in the van, she mm -hmm. was chopping she was sharing with all her friends, guys, this, this stuff is amazing. And they were put off by the, by having to chop it themselves. Mm -hmm. So it's always been really important for her from day one to create a powder. And that is just like right at the end of the process, they very quickly blitz it into a powder for two seconds. Mm -hmm. So that, and sometimes when, when it arrives in the bag, you'll see that it might've melted a bit and then it will have come back into a paste because that's what it ends up as in its natural form. Yes. Yeah, I find that so convenient because, uh, again, of COVID uh, interruptions, I've used uh, blocks in replacement whilst I didn't have any fly cacao. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you have to add all the ingredients. It just takes about 10 minutes. And now that I've got my cacao powder back, it's like one minute and I can just blend it, go down to the beach, have a ceremony in nature. It really, you know, it's the small things, right? What a, what a luxury. I know what we're very lucky. Cause I sometimes think I can't believe I'm sitting here in Cornwall and I'm drinking a plant medicine, like a, a raw, pure plant medicine that just happens to taste like a dream because believe me, other plant medicines do not taste mm, like this. Mm. And it's all the way from Peru. It was handpicked by a smallholder. And by the way, these smallholders are not big farms. They are, families that typically have one hectare which is about two acres so that's very small that's a small holding and so you have a huge amount of these small holders that are seven hours away from the nearest road and matt has put these you know into a collective and it's just amazing to think that this drink was handpicked in the middle of nowhere in peru and has made its way through a beautiful short supply chain because once it's processed in the stone grinder and made into the powder, it just comes straight to me mm. in Europe. It comes straight mm. to me and then straight to the customer. There is no mass processing plants. Like everything is just overseen by Matt. And then, um, you know, we, we have batch blessings, which I know it probably uh, existing customers will know where Kenzie and Aiden, 
every month we'll come up with a different energy and a different blessing and vibrationally imprint that into the cacao. So, so you'll always be working with that vibrational blessing at any given month. So right now we're in the month of September. So this batch, even though I bought this three months ago, will still be holding the vibration of September. How good is that? Magic. And I would like to just quickly touch on the fact that Cacao with a K is a not-for-profit and you are really paying above fair prices to these farmers who um, are guardians of this bean. Absolutely. And that was really important to Mac right from the beginning. Um, And her and Matt are in constant contact about how to better serve the needs of those farmers and the communities. Again, Matt really is in a unique position because he's, he's just so integrated into that community. And we were talking last night about their needs and how the needs just, there are no NGOs out there because it's too far away. And because the, the strains, remember I said earlier in the episode, um, I mentioned the hybridized strain of CCN 51. Yeah. Sounds and gross. <laughs> I know. And there's another one called like IC something. I mean, Matt's the expert, but he told me how these, those beans, those hybrid strains are really productive and like really fruitful. Like they just grow like crazy. So there's a lot of incentives Mm. for farmers. to work. So we're thinking like Hershey's Capri, like these are the. Exactly. Exactly. And so, so there's a lot of funding available because Mm. it's like a sustainable crop for a lot of farmers Mm. and the chocolate industry, there's a big demand. So NGOs will typically tend to set up shop where there's funding available, mm-hmm. you know, that they can channel through them. And Matt told me there was once an NGO in the Kiabamba area where the chumcho grows, where, where cacao gets its cacao. And the NGO just had to pack up and leave because there was no funding because it's just not interesting for the entities that fund NGOs because it's like in the middle of nowhere and it's not a particularly recognized or productive crop because it's, it grows wild. So it's really hard to get any kind of attention or any kind of giving back projects over there. So this is something that Mackenzie and Matt are working on for next year. And it will be a real focus is setting up some, some kind of project where we can start to give back in a, in a proactive way, which goes beyond just having the, supplier customer relationship that we currently yes. have that goes goes deeper than that yes and i would love to also ask you ellie about um how how cacao honors the cultural heritage of mm. um, ceremonial grade cacao and how you're educating your customers on holding ceremonies respectfully and i just would like to share that i actually met someone on the weekend and they'd had their first ceremonial cacao experience and they weren't a fan and not everybody is going to be fully educated and have the integrity um, Mm -hmm. that you're seeking for so use discernment and educate yourself and I know that that's something that's really important to cacao with a K so I'd love for you to um, expand on that absolutely well I think there are two sides two two sides to this two two elements of this conversation one element which is really important to us at the team in team cacao is your relationship with the spirit of cacao your relationship to mother earth your your reverence for the plant medicine and personal sitting your personal ceremony let's say and we feel so strongly that we want to move away from any kind of dogma that exists around so many current spiritual practices and modalities. Like, I mean, I'm thinking of so many different types of yoga or um, I don't know, just so many spiritual modalities that are very dogmatic. Mm -hmm. We really don't resonate with dogma. No. Right. Because it's so restrictive. And a lot of us, sorry, a lot of us in the team have come from religious families a lot of religious backgrounds I certainly have and so like I've grown up just in a very tight dogmatic religious framework where my relationship with with God was just so formulaic that uh, it left no room for genuine connection mm. so um, for example at the moment we're, we're doing a facilitator 
training program. And so much of it is about fostering uh, and nurturing a, rela a direct relationship between you and source, between you and your spirit, between you and the spirit of cacao. So that's one thing that is really important is that we really do focus on like a dogma free um, life as the ceremony kind of yes. a, a vibe. Um, but alongside that, you do have um, an industry now that is growing around cacao and you, you definitely have the age old problem of people in the West being completely spiritually bereft, being very disconnected to their own lands. You know, like I'm in England and the people in England have no connection to their native sacred lands and to their native spiritual lineage. And people in the West, we're so disconnected and we're so lost and heartbroken. And so we end up looking further afield to satisfy our need for connection with the divine. So like the, the, the classic thing of like going to India to find yourself <laughs> or like working, like going to the jungle to work with plant medicines yeah. under supervision of, of like the shamans there, because it's the only way that you can have like mm. a, um, a genuine connection to those plants is like, I do think if you're going to work with those plant medicines, you should go to the jungle where they grow indigenously and work with, with the actual communities. So I, I have huge compassion as to why us in the West have ended up in this situation where we have looked further afield. And what's happened is that you have people who do not acknowledge the traditions and the lineages from which they're borrowing these modalities. And it's completely unacceptable, this habit that we formed in the West of profiting off practices that we've poached for want of a better word mm -hmm. that, and brought over to our communities and of course there's a spectrum you have people on one end of the spectrum who really are you know very cynical and who are just looking to make money but then on the other end of the spectrum you do have people who really do desire to create a bridge an exchange of information between the east and the west or between the west and the rest of the world mm -hmm. and that is where we would like to lie as a company is is to be a bridge to be to create an exchange of information. So as a company, obviously we work with Peruvian cacao and there's not so much of a spotlight on Peru in, in the cacao world, in the ceremonial drinking cacao world. It's more, there's tends to be more of a spotlight on Guatemala, for example, where a lot of ceremonial cacao is from. And we have, we've spoken to, and we have contacts within those traditional Mayan communities there. And we've put some resources together on our website. Um, there's a few individuals there who still do very much work ceremonially with cacao and are really generous with their time and their knowledge. And they, you know, there's a couple of online events that you can definitely join and, and donate and pay and learn directly from those mind communities. But we also feel really strongly about bringing attention to Peru and to those communities, which is completely different where there isn't that same cultural heritage of working with cacao ceremonially as far as we know so far mm. because we're still we're leaning into this we're still learning we are totally dedicated at team cacao to keeping our eyes and our hearts fully open and navigating this like and being being really involved in forging a new path ahead and a new like friendship a new hand of friendship and genuine reciprocal exchange with those communities but it's going to look different every week, depending on what's coming our way, who we're speaking to and what we're learning. Mm. And I just think personally for me, this is not a bar for the company, but personally for me, like as long as you have an open heart and pure intention, um, all of us as a collective at the moment are navigating boundaries and conversations around how we learn from each other. And I think if you, if you actually, with ceremonial cacao so that you can have an open heart and then you can navigate this then you'll be guided always to work with people of true integrity 100 percent. and yeah. thank you that was so beautiful and yes just trust yourself guys like if you sit in a ceremony and think hey look i just didn't feel like that was spot on with what i would expect or something felt off don't give up on it you know it's a beautiful yes. heart medicine and 
you could sit in your own ceremony or you could try someone new. And that's my word is just trust yourself. Like your body will tell you whether the intentions are pure behind um, the ceremony that you're sitting in. Absolutely. Would you mind sharing, Ellie, how people could ceremony on their own? I mean, if somebody mm. is um, listening and thinking, I really want to try it, but what do I do? I mean, they sit down with the cup. What would the process be for a first timer? Could you talk me through maybe a couple of examples? Of course. It's a really good question because people ask me this all the time. So the first, first and foremost, it's about forging a trusting two-way relationship with the spirit of cacao because that's that's the whole point of connecting with the plant medicine is you're connecting to her and you're opening your heart to her and you're here we're here to learn from her and we're here to experience her teachings which which will often manifest as a heart opening you can feel it in your body and then it depends on you as an individual what do you look like with an open heart like what are you going to say? Who are you going to say it to? How are you going to go about your day? Like everybody is completely unique. And so the way that cacao will work with you is going to be completely unique. And it's about learning how to trust your own, like how do you receive wisdom? So for me personally, like a lot of people, when they talk about sitting in, in ceremony, they'll say, oh, I had a download where suddenly... I heard this voice talking to me in my heart, telling me, you need to forgive your father, let's say. For me personally, like, I don't receive revelations like that. I receive Neither do I. Right? <laughs> Sometimes like, I'm like, we, what's wrong? Why aren't I hearing voices? And the one thing that will, like, cock block you from having a beautiful connection with the plant spirit is your mind. It is always your mind that gets in the way. So you need to learn how to bypass your mind and you need to learn how to work from a much more intrinsic, like your body, basically. Using your physical body as a litmus test is such a beautiful, effective way to work with cacao. So just have the intention to leave your mind to the side and to say, so you can always start your personal ceremony, you prepare your cup and prepare, prepare your cup with reverence. So I learned this from Nana Marina, who is one of the Mayan elders currently who works with cacao and is a teacher, you can look her up. And she says, the minute that you add the hot water and you have the steam going up, like that is going up to the heavens and that's when you need to start imbuing the cup with your intention. So just have a beautiful intention. It can be really simple or it can be something really impactful. As you prepare your cacao, you think of your intention. For example, this morning, my intention was I'm going to be speaking with Jess. So spirit of cacao, just please work through me. Let my words land. Let our conversation land with the people who need to hear it and then you sit somewhere with some quiet some peace and quiet maybe you have an altar at home maybe you have a little spot where you meditate maybe you go outside to nature but definitely carve out some time and <clears throat> this is if you have like let's say that you had all the time in the world you could just create this beautiful ceremony around it where you drink your cacao mindfully you feel your intention in your heart and you begin to just converse with the spirit of cacao in your own way. So you don't need to use the kind of language that you might read in books or that you hear other people speaking in ceremony. You don't need, like I would say, always use language that's natural to you. And it can be quite clumsy and it can be quite colloquial. Like the most effective, um, impactful experiences I've had with cacao is when I'm like, oh my God, help. I don't know what to do. I'm so angry with so-and-so. I'm so upset by this and that. Like, I really don't want to feel like this. Please help me. Where I'm really speaking from the heart. I'm not using this very elevated, flowery, ceremonial language. I'm speaking as me. Yes. And then you just say, I'm here to learn. Like, I invite you deep into my heart. Or like Aidan always says, asks to be aligned with her soul. Aidan is our um, Australia and New Zealand cacao guardian. And she always begins her ceremony saying, with this cup of cacao, and then she always asks to be aligned with her soul, which is a beautiful open-ended uh, request mm. for the beginning of the ceremony. Um, and then you just allow these things to come through. And, you know, uh, whether it's through meditation, whether you have a pen and a paper and you journal, whether it's really specific things that you're working on, or whether you just want your physical body to feel the effects of the medicine, it's completely up to you. And it's just 
just be patient and bear in mind that it's a long-term relationship you're creating and that cacao works outside of ceremony. So you'll notice your life going in different directions mm. and you'll meet people and there'll be synchronicities and you'll be, you know, you, an opening of the heart isn't just during ceremony. It's a gradual thing that permeates every moment of your life. So for me, I notice when I'm watching films with my stepdaughter, even when we were watching Sex in the City, I was weeping and I'm not a weeper in like something like Sex in the City, but I kept, and then I kept feeling your heart is opening, your heart is opening. And so I was like, God, I have to remember that um, the ceremony is just like the intention setting space, that the mm -hmm. effects of ceremony will permeate every corner of your life. Yeah, for sure. Thank you. And what about people who don't have time? If you have children, if you are on your way to work, how could you reverently have your cup of cacao? Is that enough time? That's a very good question because sometimes I don't have enough time. So I will never fully, I will never drink the cacao fully disconnectedly. Like even if I'm surrounded by people, let's say I'm going to visit my family uh, at home and my parents and my siblings, and it's really noisy because that it is a very noisy house and I, I make my cacao, I will always in my head, even just turn away slightly and just in my head be like, thank you for this cup, mama cacao, thank you for this cup. Let me just have a beautiful day. Let me just be from the heart today. Like just say it in your head, just say something, like acknowledge it in some way. So long as there's an acknowledgement and, a, and an intention there, the medicine will work through you. But of course the more space and time and the more subtlety well, the more space and time you can put around it, the more sensitive you can become to the effects and the nuances of how she works within your body. Yes, I love that. Thank you so much, Ellie, for all of these wisdom drops, wisdom bombs. I am going to be cheeky because I know the answer to this question is really juicy. <laughs> Have you always been so bloody reverent? Because I watch you on Instagram and I'm like, this woman is so embodied. She's so peaceful. She contemplates the gene keys. I learned so much from you. And the reason I know the answer is because this is a re-record. Thank you. <laughs> um, but I used to think, wow, I wonder if Ellie was just born embodied, you know? So can you just give us a sneak peek into your journey? Because I think it's really encouraging for people. Of course. I mean, let's just put it this way. If my parents or my siblings heard you say that, they would be rolling on the floor laughing because the short answer to that is definitely I was not born embodied. I have had a pretty tumultuous um, past, <laughs> a colourful tumultuous past, none of which I regret. But I lit, had the cliche trajectory of um, very difficult teenager um, for my poor parents. Really no, difficult. Like, look at your face. <laughs> you couldn't have been. And if you looked at my face, you'd be like, who is this like pockmarked nasty little <laughs> shit? So I was unbelievably <clears throat> always in trouble at school. My parents constantly had to intervene to keep me in school because they were always trying to kick me out. And it, it was just, um, then I went to, um, I m went from a convent school to a boys school. So in my last two years of school, I moved from a con an actual convent where we weren't even, even allowed to, like boys were not allowed on the property. So you can imagine the sort of like sex starved state of all the girls there. I had no experience with interacting with, with men or with boys. And then I went to a boys' school that had a small number of girls. I was like, <laughs> did they just let you in and that was it? <laughs> was oh, like, wow. Wild Ellie. Here we it go. Was like the, convent, the convent was in the middle of the countryside. And then the, the boys' school was in central London. Wow. <laughs> so I just went absolutely nuts. Um, and I would say like the next eight years, so from 18 to about 26, was just pure hedonism. I mean, I have so much compassion for myself then because I was so lost. I just ultimately was looking for love the entire way and just yeah. trying and failing to find it in numerous different ways. I, you know, was heavily into drugs and very destructive behavior, under unbelievably codependent relationships. 
really unsuitable boyfriends. I mean, my parents, I just remember so many times turning up on the front door with the latest, like horrendous guy. <laughs> I'm just being like, oh my God, I can't believe we have to accept yet another like oh, creep gosh. into our house. And, um, and it was just, yeah, I mean, a really destructive, unhappy time. You could see it on my face. I was covered in like spots and like really pale. And then I um, met this um, man when I was 25 who was really stable and kind. And he ended up being my first husband. Uh. And um, we had a very like tender journey together as husband and wife or our relationship was about six years where we you know had fertility problems and some losses and it was during that time that I my spiritual awakening happened because I was in the depths of despair Um, and it was like just I just was on my knees and that's when my life kind of turned around and sadly we ended up parting ways but it was very amicable and you know, we hold each other. Well, I hold him in very high regard. I hope he holds me in high regard. Mm-hmm. Um, he won't be listening to this podcast. And then, <laughs> and then just slowly, like this journey has evolved where I would say the main difference is just the way that I treat myself and the dialogue that I have with myself and the yeah. consistent showing up. And now I'm married to really my soulmate. And I don't say those words lightly. And I've got four children so I never thought I would have a child because I spent 10 years basically trying to have one. Yeah. And now I've got four um, rambunctious kids whom I love with every inch of my heart. And yeah, and, and, and basically now I just, I'm so much more in, in tune with my, in, with my true intuition and my soul. And as a generator in human design, have learned really to only follow things that feel really good. Yes. And, um, but yes, I mean, I was, if you had seen me 10 years ago, I got married the first time 10 years ago. So maybe a few years before that, you would have been horrified. Oh, thank you for sharing so openly. And oh. as I said, I mean, I really wanted to ask that because I think that we can all be so hard on ourselves. And when you look at people and think, gosh, they've just got it sorted or she's so reverent or she lives in the countryside, I could never make that happen. Or we've all got a journey and, you know, it starts with the little steps, maybe the first cup, the first round of deep breaths, the first meditation. Um, So, yeah, thank you for being a guiding light for so many of us, Ellie. Thank you, Jess. and finally where can we find you and where how can we work with you what are the classes and sessions and ceremonies that you offer yes well I mean that's another thing I'm always reassessing the way that I like to work with people but currently you can connect with me on Instagram which is just Ellie Silen Facebook I'm getting out getting the hell out of there soon so you will not be able to connect with me. <laughs> haven't we all felt that if you guys like, I'm gonna go no gotta go no yeah no it's like it, it the only reason I'm still on there is because um a lot of the essential oils work that I do with doTERRA is like hosted on Facebook but yes I mean that is the only thread that keeps me hanging on to that vile platform yes so connect with me on Instagram on my website elliesilent.com I have all my upcoming events on there So you can work with me in a group capacity where I have um, some global ceremonies coming up in partnership with Cacao Ceremonial Drinking Chocolate that are free and available for anybody to join. Yeah. And then I have some smaller private group ceremonies. um, And then you can work with me. And I'm talking cacao and sound there. You can work with me on a one-to-one capacity um, with private cacao ceremony or Um, with essential oils which is a whole other area that I work with um, where I can work with you and deep dive into creating a full regime with essential oils to work Mm. on an emotional level or a spiritual level like those are the the ways that I really like to work with oils so yes you can work with me one-to-one or in a group capacity with essential oils sound healing or cacao currently 
Perfect. Thank you. And so we will link uh, Ellie's website and her Instagram in the show notes. Uh, and I just wanted to say, if you're feeling the call, it might be a really good idea to join one of these ceremonies or the free ceremonies that are in partnership with Kikau, because once you do it once or twice, you're like, oh, this is not intimidating, right? And then you can go off and do your own ceremonies and just be in the bliss. So um, that was certainly my experience is, the first circle I sat in, I was like, what am I doing? Why am I here? And then you do it and you're like, oh, this is not intimidating at all. It's actually really blissful. So uh, that's yes. a really great opening. Good timing. Yes. Thank you so much. And it's true. It, it is essentially we're coming together in circle. And it's just all about just softening into that. And with these, with these online ceremonies that we're doing now, you can be as engaged or as private as you want. Like there's no obligation to mm-hmm. like actively participate and share you can you can sit there and just receive yes wonderful well that brings us to a close i am really really grateful uh for your time today ellie as some people may know we did record this and my bad i had much too much background noise so Ellie has been incredibly generous in uh gifting us another round of her time because we're both just so passionate about what Kakao has done for us and we really do want this message to land with the people who are ready for it and who are intrigued. And so I just trust that we've covered off all of the right messages from the divine and thank you for um, being here to do that with me. Thank you so much. This, as you said, we're both so passionate about this. So being able to come together and discuss something so dear to our hearts is a privilege a pleasure I can't believe that I get to do this in life and I really hope that what we talked about really lands in the hearts of those listening yes and we are always here me as an individual and as a company to support you the cacao drinker in any way that we can so please be in touch and get to know us because that's what we love Thanks for being with me today, guys. I'm so grateful and I hope that you learned something new. Please feel free to pass the episode on to family, friends, colleagues, anyone you think that would really enjoy and benefit from the information. And if you so feel called, I would love for you to subscribe and leave an honest and heartfelt review. As I've learned, it helps me reach more people and I'm really just all about reaching the right people. So have a wonderful day and can't wait to see you next time.